everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I am James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going to the MCU in historical order, scene by scene or day by day until the end of time. Is everything okay? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> forgot I was wearing headphones, and I looked up, and the little little uh, thing hit my neck, and I was like, oh, that's, oh, right, got it. <laughs> You, you looked up and you suddenly had a panic as I was reading my thing. And I was like, is something about to fall on James? What's going on? They would tell you about how when I would hold Lila like in front of me when she was a baby, sometimes she'd look over my shoulder and just be like, <laughs> it was, uh, oh, yeah. that's, that's frightening. <laughs> that's the kind of thing where you're like, you got to stop that. I don't want to be in this movie. This is not a movie like, I want to be in. I got you fucker. All right. So, uh, yeah, Colin, we are doing some, uh, cleanup, some, um, aftermath um and uh so it's going to be a short clip but it has one of the maybe the most intriguing questions i think maybe i've ever thought of and i think you might be interested in uh an answer i've come up with but i'm interested to see what you come up with but that's not yet colin oh no 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 okay here's what happens uh it's going to be agent carter uh season two episode three you're going to start at 35 34 and just head on right on down through the end of the episode the next morning, Jarvis is installing a security system that Howard has devised. He demonstrates by opening a door and triggering the system, which is his own disembodied voice, which Jarvis assures Peggy is a temporary measure since that's not how he wants to be remembered for the rest of time, <laughs> which is a joke. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jason and Howard are hard at work in the lab. Howard is manically fatigued, but he's preparing to go to Peru to get an expert in subatomic and gravitational physics. So they're going to get Howard's old professor, Abner Brody. While he's gone, he's leaving Jason in charge of the lab, crunching numbers. Howard stumbles off in search of his passport while Jason and Peggy discuss him and the circumstances that led to Jason meeting Howard. Peggy is feeling guilty, as usual, but won't allow Jason to leave the lab, even in the name of protecting her from the people trying to kill them. Peggy goes into the office to tell Sousa about being attacked and... uh, about being attacked, show him her injuries, and tell him, oops, she's going to miss that flight back to NYC with Thompson. Sousa, in turn, tells Peggy about Whitney Frost being the stage name of Agnes Cully and how Agnes Cully is the brains behind Isodine Energy. Vernon takes Jack to the arena club before Jack's flight leaves. Before Jack's flight leaves. My my mouth is like, I quit. Um, Vernon introduces Jack to Chadwick. In bragging about how powerful Chadwick is, about to become as all right, right, okay. In bragging about how powerful Chadwick is about to become as senator, Vernon shows Jack the day's newspaper with the unlikely headline that Peggy told him it would be. Whitney is in her dressing room applying her makeup when director Kenneth asks if she has a minute. He tells her that the studio wants to replace her with a fresh face. He tells Whitney that he stood up for her with the studio and they backed off. She is relieved and thanks him profusely. She gives him a hug. But when she tries to release from the hug, he holds her there. She chuckles uncomfortably. It only gets worse as he puts his hands on her face and says that she's beautiful. Then he goes to kiss her against her will, but suddenly the zero matter but suddenly sees the zero matter crack. He starts to freak out, so she grabs his arm and the zero matter consumes him. And good riddance. Fuck that guy. Whitney is understandably unnerved, but then she notices that the crack on her temple has gotten bigger. And that's what happens. Uh, I want to start off with some choice quotes, if, uh, if I may. Please do. Peggy comes in to the, to the lab and uh, says, have either of you gotten sleep? And Howard says, no sleep, coffee. And she says, perhaps a little nap. 
He said, I'll do that on the plane to Peru. And she says, Oh, uh, you'll what with the where you'll what the where now? Which yeah. <laughs> uh congrats to Haley Atwell because a, any less of an actress, that would have been the worst, cheesiest punchline, but it absolutely works. One hundred percent. What's funny she is, is I was who, gonna say I was gonna say almost the exact opposite. I mean, like, she is she is great, right, at at doing the read and everything like that. But yeah. like that is clearly like, man. Someone was writing this one was like, I'm going to do a classic sitcom moment. Yeah, it's not a good line. No, it's But it's a great line, line delivery. Yes, correct. Um, so then uh, Howard leaves and Jason watches him go. I mean, he does watch him go, but not like that. Uh, maybe like that. I don't know. <laughs> Who am I to say? Uh, he says, that man is a menace, a genius, but no doubt a danger to himself and others, which is just adorable. Uh then Peggy says, I'm sorry you got hurt. Better me than you, is what Jason replies. And I wrote, take note of this, because that's going to come up later. Um, and then uh, Peggy, the hypocrite, says, I said hypocrite Brit, because it rhymes. <laughs> if you remove <laughs> yourself from the people trying to protect you, you're as good as dead, which is what she keeps trying to do. And so then she has the gall to uh, tell that to Jason. And now the most amazing, the last line I have is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Like this out rom-coms, I think pretty much any rom-com I've ever heard. Uh, and Peggy reacts uh, appropriately. So Jason says, Miss Carter. Uh, and she says, you're not going anywhere. And it's Peggy. He says, Peggy, I'm not going anywhere. She said, good. I'm glad you've seen reason. Oh, I didn't see reason. I still think I'm putting you and the others in danger. But you don't want me to leave, so that's reason enough for me to stay. And I said, Peggy, understandably flustered because of that amazing thing that was just said to her. Right. Very, very well, and she walks off like hee hee hee. Uh, so that's those are the quotes that I pulled from that amazing scene. Uh, yeah, the person that wrote it was so busy writing amazing lines that they just that one line was just like yeah, whatever. Let's get to the good stuff. Uh, I think. You mean the who, the what now? What yeah? Uh, what the where now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what the where now? Yeah, that was just like a listen. I don't have time to write a good line here. I've got yeah. other cute lines to write. Exactly. Let's move it along. Exactly. Precisely. Colin, what are your thoughts and feelings and considerations and anything you want to say about this uh, about this particular little bit of uh Sure. Plot uh, my motion? my two my two notes really uh are as such. One, this is that thing where we recorded this episode a while back, but you will have heard this just on the previous episode when you're hearing it. The thing where we were like, listen, if you're unsure as to where the clip ends, it becomes very clear yeah. when you get to this. And it's because, sure enough, like we saw the scene from last time where they have that little fight outside on, on the like you know pool deck kind of thing. And then immediately the next scene is him going, good morning, Miss Carter. Right? Like, <laughs> that, again, like that's how you know it's the next day, right? Exactly. Um, it's a little bit of that. Uh, who's, who is it again that's been recently been going, what day is it or what time is it? Like, you know, like who's been really yeah. helping us out? I think it was Thompson is that it one Thompson? day. Thompson, I think so. What, what day is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's kind of like that. It's like, oh, let's reestablish the timeline, Miss Carter. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, because I've certainly slept. He says, <laughs> not an AI himself already. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be a? Wouldn't that be a wild situation if this whole time it turns out Jarvis is just like an LMD? That would be um, amazing. But uh, no, amazing. okay. The other thing to note is, and I found this interesting because I was looking it up and I also double checked just now. There was no recent, like at the time of this episode coming out or even really when it was being written and filmed, 
there was no real recent, like, Iron Man thing. So there's a Are really... Are you talking about... Okay. Okay, so there's a really interesting shot where yes. Howard Stark is standing there talking and like his head's like dead center and it's like almost slightly cut off a little bit because they're giving him no headroom specifically, right. like for a specific right. reason. And so then when his head moves away, we see a panel of um, like stained glass windowing that is um, the arc reactor yeah. surrounded by like kind of like red, just red. Yeah. I mean, which would very much just symbolize just straight up Iron Man, his so- son. I had the I had an epiphany with this with this little bit. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's going to see his professor Abner Brody, uh, which is uh, the la- the last names or the first name of Abner Ravenwood and Brody is Marcus Brody, both characters from Raiders of the La Raiders, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abner Ravenwood is Marion Ravenwood's dad, and she and right. yeah, we don't ever see him, but anyways. So I said, then my next note was, the stained glass in the lab looks a lot like the arc reactor. But you know, it also looks a lot like the pendant from Raiders that showed the location of the arc. That's a and good point, wrote, yeah. Arc, arc, holy shit. Right. And I was arc like, reactor. the Raiders of the Lost Ark is Tony Stark. He puts the arc in Stark. Mm-hmm. Words are, you know... Words are fun, and the thing is that spelling is also fun, and sometimes you can tuck little words in other words. It's I think what's also really fun is watching, I mean, again, it's an audio format, but James, like, you know Stefan from the SNL bit where he's like, I have a TP yeah. for my secrets? When James yeah. gets really maybe, like, tickled by an idea or a concept, James starts to sort of do a little TP for yeah. secrets that he's going to share with you. You know, it's funny is that... John Mulaney also changes my notes uh, before we go on. It's, right uh, before we go. And that's why you yeah, suddenly go. That's why I'm always like, he wait, doesn't what does that understand mean? why he's powerful to right Because he's going to become a senator. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that we want to say about the, about Whitney's first uh, consumption of a person before we move into my yeah, question? It's um, boy. I mean, I, don't, I really don't know what to necessarily say, about yeah, it, but it, it is, it is like, it is, it's fascinating, right? Because like there's so many pretty decent CGI moments, I think, in this season alone. Yeah. But it's this is one of the weirder CGI moments they've had, I think it is. in the entire season. And I almost think that maybe it's because they had like because of the amount of time in the episode, they didn't have as much time to do this effect as they might normally. Right. Because the process in which she absorbs him is weirdly quick yeah and like it feels i mean okay obviously it's unnatural right like it's not a natural sure. thing but like i feel like any other well not to spoil <laughs> That's it, any not other how time, fast zero matter consumes a body at all but it's like any other time we <laughs> we see zero matter and the rest of this season it, yeah it's quick but it's not like necessarily that quick maybe is yeah. the word it's like it it also feels like it makes sense it's like literally like scrunching and absorbing now yeah. it's it's weird it's really weird i mean yeah. at the same time like Anytime we see other bits of this, I also think it's way more important people. Right. So Who aren't almost, trying to like assault her. That's also a good point. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's an interesting thing. Like, is it a a a magnitude of how how like maybe this is like a panic type situation? Yeah. yeah. 
There's the there's an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Do you know Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. A, an episode where the the sort of the trick of the of the story is that sound activates this like ghost. Like so if you make a little sound, it's sort of like ooh, and like comes comes whatever. So uh, how this episode ends horrifyingly and shows that not all Canadians are, are anti-violent uh, is the bully, the, the hero lures the bully into a house and then tur- then turns on heavy metal at full blast. So the ghost like, you see like the door like flam open and like this, I think, I think it's like a, like a Jack in the Box clown or something just like zooms out and gets the, and gets the bully and just, you know. I guess murders him. I mean, I don't know, but like it was an intentional, like a little noise is scary. So we're going to black. It, it kind of feels like that where it's like, listen, this guy needs to get gone and fast. So right. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Real sa- side note. And I'll be very quick. It doesn't even need to be a chan- tangent. Yeah. My favorite episode or really maybe the only episode that I truly remember of that TV show was the one where the kid who's like rich really loved milkshakes and they used to send him a dumb waiter of milkshakes and then I got stuck one time and he wasn't patient. And so he tried to lean to grab it and he ended up falling down the dumb waiter and he died. And so, Oof. you know, from now on, like you couldn't open that dumb waiter or else he might push you down right. to, to look for his milkshake or whatever. Right. I was kind of His like, milkshake wow. brings all the him to the dumb waiter. <laughs> his milkshake brings all the death to the yard. And they're like, Who it's put a dumb waiter in the yard. Yours. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, <laughs> well, they had to remove it. Uh, so exactly. yeah, they just I, toss it out. <laughs> the interesting thing to me about that final scene with with Ken, the director, or whatever Kenneth, yeah, whatever, Ken Easy, he, I also feel like not only is he like trying to take advantage of her in this moment, but I also feel like he is purposefully manipulating part of this, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like the, the the full on situation. I almost have a feeling that he, like, was a part of the initial talk. Yeah, you know. But it looks like he's like, wait a minute. But if I do this, I can be her hero. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. wait a minute. Let me just go ahead yeah. and right. And so it's like because the way he's wording it makes it seem like you had to have had information about that before that, though. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It feels like you only said that to them once you thought you were going to get something out of it. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. It's, it's gross. It's a weird, like, like you know, pickup artist stuff is 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 gross and weird. But this is like that, but in a corporate, like, yeah. way, like a bureaucratic way, which makes it way worse. Yeah. Like you're negging her as part of her, like you're holding her contract over her head and be like, uh, uh, you're kind of old. But don't worry, I fought for you, baby. You're not no. that old to me. I can just, you know, look past your how god awful old you are. Kiss me. Ugh, she's like, gross. don't worry, your age is zero matter to me. <laughs> and she's like, right? why'd you put it like that? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. What do, what do you mean? Oh my god, what's that? <laughs> I will say that that the reading of Oh My God from Randy Sklar when he begins to be eaten, pretty bone chilling. Excellent no, it job. is. No, it is. It is. <laughs> Considering you know that, that guy, well, him, you never know. Maybe he really was just fully absorbed. Yeah. We don't actually know that was CGI. What if that one was real? She was like, there actually, was a, he was the spare. He was the spare Sklar. Yeah, he's he's the, or he was just the stunt double at that point, or whatever. Who knows? But like, they they did like a little CGI deep fake or whatever. But like, yeah, 
I just feel like, yeah, when he does that, it feels like he is actually getting hurt. Yeah. Like, you know, you've, you, we've all seen the moments in TV shows where we're like, come on over the top. Yeah. That was solid. I actually was like, Oh God, like myself, like, yeah. This guy's this guy's in trouble. Well, he yeah. deserves it, but also, wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. Ooh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As you said, bone chilling. Yeah. Uh, bone absorbing. All encompassing. I want to ask you my question. Yes, go ahead. This is in reference to the scene where uh, Sousa reveals that Whitney Frost and Agnes Cully are the same and that Agnes Cully has all these patents. She's basically the Hedy Lamar of of this universe because she invented like radio wave frequency, you know, oscillators and stuff for the war. So he said, that's right. America's sweetheart is the brilliant brains behind Isodon energy, Isodon energy. And I was still thinking about this thing that we said, uh, a couple of episodes ago when Tay was on, which I said, like, wouldn't it be wild if you were in this factory getting this weird alien matter and this just, famous actress is suddenly also there, also interested in getting this stuff. So my question is is this, and then I have some criteria, and I have two thoughts, and I want to hear your thoughts, Jim. Okay. So the question is, who is the Whitney Frost of today? Here are the criteria. She wasn't anyone before 2009, but then came to prominence in like 2011, and she is considered America's sweetheart. Okay. I need to think about that one for a second because yeah. I will say my initial thought, if there was no criteria, was Tom Hanks. Like, okay, fair. I feel like that. I mean, that is that thing of like everybody loves Tom Hanks, and if sure. you went anywhere and suddenly Tom Hanks was like, "So tell me about nuclear fission," or like, right. you know, "What do you, what do you know about nuclear fission?" You're like, "Tom Hanks, like what what do you right. know about nuclear fission?" And right. he's suddenly like, "Well, let me give you a little monologue," and you're right. like. Ooh, I love these. And then you're like, oh, wait, this is not what Toy Story was like. Um, <laughs> Nuclear fission is kind of like a typewriter. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, he's like, let me tell you about this. The only time I've pushed someone off my set um, or kicked someone <laughs> off my set or whatever. Um, so, okay. Mm, not before 2009. That's also like widely recognized. Yeah. I could be off by a couple of years here because like, again, sometimes... There's like different sure. audiences that catch sure, on people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know this is going to be kind of a weird, weird shot here, but I almost feel like um, Elizabeth Olsen. Okay. Because, think, like, uh, yes, she has famous sisters. And so she kind of made small appearances here and there. Ingrid goes west. I think that was right around the right time. 2000, oh, what? 2017? Am I thinking of the right movie? Yeah. Wow, that's way later than I would have probably. Her very first actual film film it was 2011. Oh, interesting. Okay. And Martha Marcy right. May I mean, Marlene. Sorry. That's not bad, is what I meant. I right. said, that's not right. I, I knew what <laughs> you meant. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's pretty fascinating. Um, so Elizabeth Olsen is, is, a, is, a good, is a good call, I think. Because I feel like, um, you know, not, I mean, again, it's also kind of keeping it within Marvel, but like, the people who are her fans, they they are her fans. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I think you can be a fan of um, who's uh, I'm forgetting her name all of a sudden. Uh, Evangeline Lilly, right? Sure. I think you know people. There are Evangeline Lilly fans, but I've never seen like Twitter stands mm-hmm. for Evangeline Lilly make like you know 
what are those things called? Those like fan cams and yeah. just like pop off about her character in a movie. They're like, people are just like, hey, I really enjoyed you know, Wasp in this movie, right? Yeah. But the minute that Elizabeth Olsen just simply breathes, yeah. There's like, there's fan cams, there's things trending on Twitter. Uh, yeah. There's like people posting stuff to Instagram stories like, oh my God, she like breathed in the same city as me uh, like yeah. two days ago or whatever. And you're like, yeah. Well, that means, so you're not on Canadian Twitter, which they could, Twitter A.com. Is, is that where? Yeah, uh, that, that's where all the evangelists, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, speaking of Canada, can I tell you my first, my first shot that doesn't exactly work, but I thought would excite you and uh, it's, it almost works? Yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen. That almost no, works. That that she's, does almost work. She's not American, and she's not as nationally known as maybe she would need to be to qualify. And she was on like Canadian Idol in like oh seven oh eight. So like, it's not perfect, but it's really if like she came up to you and was like, "Give me the zero matter, Colin," or like you read a magazine article like in the New Yorker where they're like, "Yeah, she invented four K." Like that's her. She right. made the, 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 right. And we've given her a sword. What were we thinking? Um, sword K. Can I give you another option? Yes. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza is a good call. A good, very good option for sure. She had a couple things in short films in 2006, and her first major film was 2009. Yep, that's very that, great. Great call. Uh, I think that she is. I think that. If you called her America's sweetheart, you'd be saying it ironically, and I think she'd get a big kick out of that. Like, she's beloved, and she would be like, I'm not sweet, and it'd be funny. I think that's a good point, yeah. Here's who I came up with. Jennifer Lawrence. So, Hunger Games was 2012. She did stuff before that, but all of a sudden she was everywhere. And now she's kind of slowed down a little bit. And if we were in the 40s, she might be getting the same kind of treatment that Whitney Frost is getting. And then also she's from Kentucky. And there's a parallel, I think, there with Oklahoma where it's like this southern girl invented all these things um, that I felt was was really good. I think Aubrey Plaza's, Plaza's as good, if not slightly better, though. So that was that was a good call. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. The boy is done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. If someone ever asks you who are America's sweethearts, you have to ask them how they're spelling sweethearts because if it's S-U-I-T-E, then the answer is automatically Julia Roberts and John Cusack, who are the Uh, stars of American Sweethearts. And if it's also, if your answer is also not us, right? Like what's oh your, yeah! What's your... Ever since ever since the Tay debacle, I've stopped assuming anyone's ever talking about us. <laughs> Love these boys, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> all right, that's it though. That's all that I had for this uh, for this quick little uh, check in with with our sort of like a you know how's this person? How's this person? How's this person? And we're out. Yep. And also that person ate someone. <laughs> uh, would you say ate someone? I mean, like absorbed like i guess you wouldn't eat sunscreen you wouldn't pirate a car so like (laughs) you wouldn't download a director would you um (laughs) and she was like well let me tell you listen she downloaded that director at a very high speed like she was working with some i mean 
it makes that sense. That was peer to peer. Basically, was that that was a peer to peer connection? <laughs> he wishes. Yeah, true. Now that's no, never mind. Uh, yeah. So, shall I go ahead and head out west? Let's head out west. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Uh, let's do let's do a recommendation. I feel like it's yeah, been a minute it. since yeah. we because we've had so many guests kind of in recent times that like I've been not doing recommendations just because I feel like I'm always like do a recommendation for your show, right? Right. So let's do recommendation. Um, and actually, James, I'm going to yeah. do a thing where I want us to both do a recommendation. Um, okay. And I it do, don't necessarily need like a full minute each or anything okay. like that. Just just the name of the show and maybe like what kind of show it is, right? Okay. Uh, one show that you are listening to right now that is uh, – it can be indie. It can be a major company what have you just something that you're digging on okay um and while you're doing that um i will go with something that i well no i feel like that's too obvious i was, I was gonna do the typical finish it because like that mm-hmm. is truly my my number one show uh i actually just um finished the uh old man star lord uh season of the wastelanders podcast which is like an official marvel podcast right. um in the vein of the the they had two seasons of like a wolverine based one right and like a marvel something that i didn't i didn't get into but this the uh the old man logan uh sorry old man star lord um wastelanders story was really really compelling really like well done from like a. anyways sorry i'm just getting into it okay. uh, it's a very good audio drama and it also marks the beginning of like a six part like continuation. And it also got me into reading the old man Logan. What's yours? So since we're going for like a, a big company thing one, I'll also do another uh, big company one. Uh, I have been recently been catching up on a show that I enjoy, which is uh, Red Web, which is I kind of feel like it's it's adjacent to Spooky Spouses. Mm. doesn't have spouses in it to be clear um but one of the reasons why i really like this show is the creators i really enjoy but they also do occasional like extra video content as well which is very fun and back on halloween they actually did like a kind of like a ghost hunt haunt Mm. type situation and like that was a lot of fun to to sort of get into like it's cool to watch people sort of find new avenues to kind of do their show, but then also have extra parameters to do things kind of the same way that spooky spouses did like the, the phone call specific sideshow for a mm. little while during the beginning of the pandemic. Like I think that that sort of thing is very cool. Uh, the same way that we do a bunch of, you know, extra content for this show as well, because we're yeah. just always recording. The cool thing with red web that I've found is that no one uh, is ever violent uh, towards anyone when they see the merch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, you know, uh, Old Man Hawkeye is blind, by the way. And in the comics, the first thing that happens that is that he and Old Man Logan go on a road trip in the spider buggy, which is wildly okay. Uh, Old Man Hawkeye driving and telling Logan, hey, if I need to turn, let, just nudge me. He's blind, driving right. full speed because right. it's so like devoid of people. It's, it's very good. The comics are also very good. So we're going to head out of this episode, but thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We will see you all next time. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Excelsior. America's Sweetheart, Excelsior. And I'm America's Sweetheart, 
little Stanny Lee. Excelsior!